Welcome to New Hope and the teaching ministry of Pastor Randy Rainwater. It's a lot of work to get ready to plant, but you know, you can do all that work. If there's no seed, there's no plants. The seed is the Word of God. Today, Pastor Randy is in Luke chapter 8. He's talking about the four soils in that New Testament passage and the connection between sunflower seeds and what's happening right now in Ukraine. Here's Pastor Randy. Good morning, everybody. You can like elbow bump, wave, whatever you want to do, but greet each other with the love of the Lord. It was, uh, it was a great weekend. We had pursuing passion with our students, and we had about 65 kids from here that went, and um, high schoolers, and we just talked about culture and sexuality and gender and all kinds of stuff. And it was fun and it was encouraging and it was biblical. And I'm just so thankful um, to be a part of a family of churches that believes that the one who made us, this, this is a great point. This is not part of, don't, you can't start my timer yet. All right. <laughs> the, the speaker is a, the speaker's a mentalist. So like, he like, it's, if you've never seen one of these things, you just think it's the dark arts or something going on, but it's not. He loves Jesus. But um, Ben Sherman was, Ben Sherman came up and he, and he wrote on an envelope the name of a friend and then, and then he opened the envelope and he had it written on the name of the paper, the initials of his friend. And then he goes, and by the way, who is Robert, which is his dad? And, and like he figures all that out by asking him little questions along the way. And it's just this crazy thing. But he said, he said this, he said, he said if, if, you've got, if you've got a candle, if you've got a candle, who, who, gets to know, who gets to do with that candle what they want? He said the one who made it or the one who bought it? What would you guys say? The one who buys it. We've been bought, haven't we? With a price. You've been bought with a price. Not, not something perishable, but the precious blood of Jesus. That's, that's what we've been bought with. Don't, don't listen, the, the big thing that, you can't start my timer yet, all right? I'm, I'm watching those minutes go down, all right? This does not count. The, the, big, the big thing in our culture today is identity, and everybody wants an identity. My, my old coach used to say, Every kid's going to have a stage somewhere. It might be a little stage, but every kid's going to have to have a stage somewhere. It, the identity is, is, is such a paramount thing. And in our culture, identity is such a, a broken thing. And that identity has to be shaped by God. And we're going to talk about that today. So if you need a Bible, slip your hand up. We'll put one in your hand. And if you, um, I need to fix my mic. What's it doing? Fix me, son. Fix me up here. Am I looking ridiculous? A little bit. A little, little bit. Is it making my big ears stick out more? This isn't awkward at all. All right, there you go. All right. Hey, listen, whoever made fun of my bald head, I'm just going to tell you, I used to mock my youth pastor, Duffy Robbins. Came back to me, didn't it? All right. You know, you know, you know what happens when you, when you mock a prophet for being bald? Yeah, it's, well, they don't actually eat them, they chase them. 
Yeah, the bears chase the boys. So it's not one of our better moments as prophets. All right, so open your Bibles up to Luke chapter eight. Now you can start my timer. All right, there's like four minutes gone. All right, thanks, Kevin. Uh, open your Bibles up to Luke chapter eight. This thing keeps falling off, son. Um, chapter eight, and we're gonna begin at verse four. And actually, if we could stand together and we could read this. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock and as it grew up, it withered. It withered away because it had no moisture. Some fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And as he said these things, watch this, now watch this. As he said these things, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And may God bless the reading of his word. You can be seated. This is a parable of a sower. A parable generally has one really big point. Be careful about trying to come up with all kinds of analogies. The, the parable of the prodigal son is not a parable on parenting. It's a parable on God's love. It's a parable on the way that God interacts with us. Be careful about trying to make a parable say things that it doesn't say. But one thing that we would wanna note here, first of all, is that the word sower here in the Greek is a verb. This, isn't, this is a verb. It's not a, it's not a title, it's a task. That this parable is about there's a sower who's actively going out. Van Gogh loved to paint sowers. There's 30 different Van Gogh paintings of the sower. I think we're gonna put one of those up right now. And, and the, the Van Gogh sower paintings are, are all indicative of, I think, this deeper spiritual hunger that Van Gogh was looking for. The other thing about Van Gogh, that as you look at his paintings, when he uses lots of golds and yellows were happier moments in his life. When it's other colors, it wasn't happier moments. And, and the, there's nothing happier to me than a sunshine, than a sunrise. Didn't you guys see my Facebook post of the sunrise picture from New Hope? Listen, I mean, the, we're, I guess we're up high here. I guess that's what it is. Or the pollution's perfect in either direction. I, I don't know. But, but the, there's, the sunrises and sunsets here are gorgeous. People come and just sit in our parking lot and watch sunrises. People come and they sit over by the garden sometime and just watch the sunsets. They're, they're just absolutely so gorgeous here. And, and there's something about that, that sunrise and sunset that, that, it, that just is evocative of, of hope. And that's what was going on with Van Gogh. But that aspect of sower also brought hope to him. This, this story of the sower and the application of it as we go through it, it could be a lot of different things. Some people would say this is four different people, these four different soils. Some people would say this is one person at different phases. I, I don't know. I, I think that kind of has resonance with me. Sometimes I find myself being the path and, and nothing gets through. Anybody, any amen on that? Anybody ever there? Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm that rocky soil and, and it's like there's, there, just, there isn't a lot of depth to it. Sometimes it's, it's like the thorns come up 
and, and the good things get choked away. And then, and then sometimes, like, it's amazing how you, you're, you're doing the same thing all the time, and then every once in a while, it just hits. And like within five or 10 minutes, you see God's doing things, and you're like, I, I wish it was that way all the time. I wish it was always moving like that. Or you open your Bible, and you read it, and, and, and it's like nothing comes through. And then you just read it, and like the words just fly off the page, and it moves through your heart into your soul, and, and then you start living it out in the course of the day. I don't know if this is four different people. I do know the way Luke places this is incredibly interesting. Just go back a couple stories. You remember the story last week about the woman? She comes with the alabaster jar and she breaks that jar and she puts that ointment on Jesus' feet and she washes off the, the, the dung and the dirt with her tears and wipes it off with her hair and anoints his feet. And then the next story is that there are women who follow Jesus. And the next story here is the parable of the soil. I would ask this question, was that woman who came and anointed Jesus' feet, was she the good soil? Our acts of worship, our acts of worship are an amazing place of soil. And I just would encourage, I would encourage you as families, specifically the men, specifically the men, to be men of worship. Don't be ashamed. We know how to show emotions. Go dogs. Okay? Don't say, I'm not emotional. I've seen you, Brandon Sisson. All right? <laughs> I've seen you. I've seen you around football games. I've watched how emotional you can be. That our kids would see us deeply caring for things that will be eternal. All right, you can start my timer now. I'm just joking. <laughs> Here's the secrets of the kingdom. Look at this. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom, but for others they are in parables, so that by seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. So we would ask this question, why the secret? Lord, why don't you just want everybody to know? I would go back to that point that I emphasized before at the end of verse 8, because what does he do? And he said, as he said these things, he called out, please listen. I want to tell you something that's very important. Please listen to this. There is, I, I believe this is incredibly clear, and I, I'm going to show you something here in Scripture in just a second that I think emphasizes this. Look, I, I, there are some people who believe that the gospel is only for a select few people, but this is what the Scripture says. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, I, I went to a Reformed seminary, and, and there's a lot of me that's Reformed in my theology, but but. If you want Jesus, he's calling out. This is what he says. And he says, and he calls out and he says, I'm going to tell you a secret. Anybody that wants to know it, I'll tell you the secret. So I don't know if that's a secret. Is that a secret? I don't know if that's a secret. But if you want to know it, he said, I'm going to tell it to you. I want you to hear this. 
But God is a savior. He is not an enabler. That's what's That's what I think this is about. And sometimes if you really want to get people's attention, you stop yelling. Thank you. Perfect. On cue. You just whisper. You ever done this with your kids? I I remember some of the most intense Moments of my life, my dad didn't yell. I remember one in particular. I can't even get into the details of it. And he came into my room and he said, Randy, it's gonna be okay. That, that gentle, that, that, that gentle. Sometimes it isn't the raised voice that gets the response. It's that, it's that gentle whisper. What, what, is, what does Moses say? Where does Moses find, find the Lord? Where You go through scripture and you see these stories over and over and over again. And it isn't in the wind. It isn't in the storm. It's in the whisper. You have to listen though. And if you want it, it's there. If you want it, it's there. How do we move people from distracted to attracted? The paradigm's there in your notes. If you wanna grow, there has to be a seeking. And here's the first thing, to see and remember Psalm 119, verse 10. We're gonna put it on the screen, but if you wanna flip over there in your Bible, we're gonna go to Psalm 119 a couple times here today. He says, with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. You, you have to be looking. You, 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 all that, you all that are coaches or teachers know this. The, the kid who comes up to you and says, hey, listen, I wanna do well. Show, show me what I can do better. You're almost never gonna cut a kid like that, are you, Bill? You know, a kid, kid that comes up to you after, after trials and says, hey, coach, tell me what I could do better because I really wanna be on this team. You show me what to do. That when you're seeking God's not gonna reject that. With with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commands. And then look at this. I've stored up your your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Do you know what you remember? You remember the things that you seek. If you're seeking after something, you'll remember it. I, I lost the keys, the only set of keys we had to our new bus this week. I spent hours looking for those. And I said to Anita, honey, where, where, where do you think maybe I put those keys? She goes, honey, you never lose keys, but if you do, they're always in the coat pocket of the coat you wore last. I said, I said what was I wearing? <laughs> she remembered. You know what that means? She's noticing me still. That's what that means. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what that means. She knew, amen to that, yeah. She knew what I was wearing on that day, and I like that a lot. You remember things you, you, you look after, you seek after. Then look at verse 12. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes, what, what you hear, what you desire to hear. What you desire to hear, you will start speaking. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. 
So we see and remember, we hear and we speak. This is a secret, but it's a secret that if anybody wants it, he'll tell you. But he's gonna draw you in close, and here's what he's going to tell you because he is a savior, not an enabler. Here's the first thing. I'm I'm gonna go into a really deep theological thing. I'm gonna lose some of you guys in the course of this. Just hang on. But I wanna translate verse 11 and what the seed is because this is really, really complicated. Because it says right here, the seed is the word of God. And the seed is the word of God. That's what it is. (laughs) Scripture, listen, if you're making the Bible complicated, you're not teaching it the way Jesus did. Fishermen, the guys who are on the deadliest catch, if you've seen that show, those guys are the guys that follow Jesus. The seed is the word of God. It, nothing is gonna grow. Listen, I'm, I'm a farm boy. I was in FFA. There's like one other person. Me and Heather Leo are like the only people in the church that were in FFA. How many of y'all even know what FFA is? Oh, okay, there you go. All right, there you go. We, grew, we had classes on how to be farmers. You can plow, you can till. What Al, Alex uh, Zorla came in this morning, he said, he said, Pastor Randy, what is that metal thing out by the garden? I said, that's a planter. He goes, so you just take that out in the field and plant. It's like, no, there's a whole bunch of work that has to happen. You have to plow, and then you have to disc, and then, then, you have to, then after you plow and you disc, you have, to, you have to drag it with a drag. Then you gotta bring a harrow in, and then you're ready to plant. It's a lot of work to get ready to plant, But you know, you can do all that work. If there's no seed, there's no plants. You gotta have seed. The seed is the word of God. If if there's no growth in your life, there's two reasons. One is the soil's bad, or the second one is there's no word in your life. The seed is the word of God. Don't overcomplicate it. So here's the first one. He says, "This this is what these soils are, the path. The ones along the path are those who have heard, but the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so they may not believe and be saved. There is an adversary. He does not want you to know the truth. He works against, he works against your family members. He works against your kids. He works against your coworkers. He works against the kids on your teams and in your classes. He works against your boss. The word of God is there, but there's an enemy who is coming and he's trying to take that away. Don't be surprised. Don't be disappointed when people that don't know Jesus don't act like Jesus. Be very disappointed when people that know Jesus don't act like Jesus and confront them and bring them back to truth and bring them back to restoration. We're gonna talk about that in just a second. You you can have an expectation of me as your pastor. If you see me out and I'm not driving my Mustang correctly, you can pull me over and tell me. Listen, I, got, I was on my way home from Pursuing Passion last night, and I was on Sugarloaf, and this guy was in a Mustang, and he was revving his motor up next to me. And I'm a country boy, and it was tempting. I didn't do it. Because I'm going to pass somebody. They're gonna go, That's Pastor Randy right there. He's the path um, normally is not sown, by the way. This is an interesting thing. The seed is available to anyone. Again, it's a secret that anyone can get. You, it, listen, I've, I've 
planted a lot. I, I've, I've grown a lot of gardens and we've planted big fields and done hay fields and, and all those kinds of things. I've never gone out on highway and thrown seed out on, on the asphalt. You'd get her taken away if you did something like that. No, the path got the seed. He's not trying to keep this from you. He, I just don't get Jesus. Well, how? What, what, more do, what more could he do? We're not, trying to, we're not trying to pull some secret on you here. He, this is available to you, the, the seed's right there on the path. So what do you do for the lost? You pray. If you expect them to get it, you're only going to be frustrated, and you're gonna frustrate them. Let me show you a quick little marriage thing. All right, this is in... Some people view marriage like a treaty, like a surrender treaty. And in a treaty, you have an entity and someone comes and they smother it. And some people see marriage that way, that this is the man and this is the woman and the woman is smothered by the man. That, that's not a biblical picture. Some people see marriage like a contract. You have two equal things and, and they kind of come alongside and they kind of help each other. And, and as long as this one you know, stays here and this one stays here, it works and stuff. And that, that's kind of how it works. And, and some people, though, what the Bible says is marriage is a covenant. And what God joins together, and to really, Don, come up here, to really get this, you get to play God today, Don. You maybe didn't get to do it at home this morning, but you get to do it right here, all right? So, so, so put, your hand, put your hand on top of my, put your hand, yeah, yeah. What God puts together, God seals. See, that can't get torn away. That get, can't get torn away. Thanks, Don. All right, buddy. All right. I don't know what just happened, but all right. So, so uh, that's, that's covenant. But let me show you this. If, if one of the partners is trying to do covenant and the other one is trying to do contract, that feels a whole lot more like smothering, doesn't it? That's why he says don't be unequally yoked. It's also why he says if you've got an unbelieving spouse, you do it with gentleness and patience and kindness. If if you've got a kid who's walking in rebellion and you're trying to covenant that kid, it's gonna, and, and you're expecting them to do this, you're just gonna be frustrated. Doesn't mean you let go. Doesn't mean you let go. You pray. All I can do is pray. Are you kidding me? All you can do is pray. Can I start telling you stories about all you can do is pray? Pray. Pray. Keep praying. Don't forget to pray. My family's been in too many wars to not be able to know the power of prayer. To have a praying mama and daddy. Grandparents. Pray, pray for your kids. Listen, pray for your kids. And when you wanna say something to them, go pray and then say it. And ask God how to say it because he can tell you how to say it better than you'll know how to say it. If you say it out of your frustration, it's gonna feel like this. 
if you say it out of his love, it's going to feel like this. It's a very different thing. Very different thing. Verse 13, and the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but they have no root. They believe for a while. In a time of testing, they fall away. There, there's, there's, no, there's no real growth there. The same sun that, that creates photosynthesis and creates life in a, in a field of corn will burn away seeds that have been cast out on the rocks. That same sun, that same, and, and, and you got... You got different kids. You got, you got four kids and, and three of them are walking with Jesus and then there's that one. Well, two things. You keep praying and that one's probably gonna wind up being a preacher, all right? It's just kind of how it works. You got that one. And, and, and you're like, well, we did, the same, we did the same thing. And this kid's like walking in rebellion and the same sun that brings life will burn up with no roots. That's, that's just a really, so what do you do? What's the action? I, listen, I think you gotta break their hearts towards God. How do you do that? You, you take them on missions trips. You let them see the power of God. And you pray. But you gotta, they've, they've gotta see God at work because, listen, you know, you know why horses are so good in Kentucky? Because of the stones, the limestone rocks underneath create in the, it, it, it gets in the water, it gets in the soil, that gets in the plants, and that makes the bones stronger and the muscles stronger. It's those minerals that make them stronger. The, that rock isn't your enemy. It just has to be created in a place. You gotta amend that soil. You amend that soil. You grind up that rock, and you do that by seeing their hearts broken for God. And you go, well, pastor, it ain't my kids, it's me. Let me tell you what you do. You start serving. Jump into kids' life. Listen, we need help. This, this, we have a different congregation. I'm getting to know a bunch of y'all, but listen, I get up here and, on Sundays, and I'm like, I don't know half these people. That's because half of y'all are new, and I'm glad. I'm, I'm thankful. Look, people got, people got mad and got their feelings hurt, and people moved, and all kinds of stuff happened in the last two years. But a whole bunch of people came, and you've been faithful. Thank you. You've been faithful. You've given, but we need, you to, we need your help. These kids, we got, we got classrooms, and, and, it, and they're being manned right now, but they're being manned by the same people, double duty. We need your help. There's a, there's a place there in the bulletin, and you go, I don't know how to work with kids. Sure you do. Here's the really cool thing about this. Brandon knows this. If you're a baby Christian, you know what we'll do? We'll put, we'll put a really solid high schooler with you, and you'll be in a middle school group, and that high schooler that knows more about Jesus than you do will disciple you. Because we got high school kids that grew up through kids' life and through love, and they know God's word, and they'll disciple you. You get your heart broken, and you start, you start serving. We need, we need men to help with kids' life clubs. If you got about 50, 45, 50 minutes during the week, you can jump into a kids' life club, and you can, you can see God use you in the lives of kids. It doesn't take a long time to get your heart broke for Jesus but that heart's gotta be broken. Then there's the thorns. What fell among the thorns? They, they are those who hear, but as they go, now look at this, on their way, their way, underline that in your Bibles. 
They're not going the way of God. When you're going their way, when you're going your way, that's when the thorns really start growing up. They're choked by the cares and the riches and the pleasures. Cares is what tends to strike us when we don't have wealth, is cares. You, you get a bill from your doctor for $300. If you got thousands and thousands, you're not worried about it. If you got $100 in the bank account, that's the cares. And it's heavy, and people live in this. Lots of people live in this reality. On the other hand, there's the riches, and, and when you're wealthy, there are cares, because you gotta take care of all your stuff, don't you? Got all these cars you gotta insure and boats to insure, and, and I'm not being critical of that. I'm glad some of y'all have them, because I enjoy riding around with you on them. <laughs> but it's a whole different set of cares. It's not less cares, it's just different cares. There's lots to lose, lots to lose. And people counting on you. You're the president of a company and there's challenges going on in that company and you're not just thinking about your stuff, you're thinking about all those people that, that you're responsible for. Those, 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 that's, that's, and then there's the pleasures of life, those temptations that come along and fruit doesn't mature. Psalm 119 105 says, your, your word's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. But Psalm 119, we've already read that, says we're gonna be following after God's path. And my path is your path. And he shows us, he guides us on that. So what do you do? What's the action here with thorns? You gotta prune. Don, come back. I'm just joking. All right. <laughs> Pruning's not fun. Pruning, listen, here's the other thing about pruning. Does your plant look like it's more alive or less alive after you prune? It looks a whole lot less, you're right, and then it gets pretty. The growth happens on what's been pruned. The, the, the thorns grow up. It's not a fun process. You know, my, my dad didn't really ever spank me. He would like just reason with me. Like, like, son, can you explain to me why you did what I told you not to do? No, dad. Dad, dad did have a pile of rocks. This was, what, this was my dad's punishment. We had a pile of rocks. And depending on what we did, we had to move that pile of rocks from one end of the yard to the other. And the more ridiculous we were, he would say, just go move those rocks. And when you can answer the question, you can stop moving the rocks. Now, you can't stop midstream. You have to finish moving the pile. My mother, on the other hand, she spanked. Not, not real hard. You know, I actually went and bought her a paddle once as a thin one. I bought a little thin paddle. It said, Mom's helping hand. I figured this one out. And this is the thing mom would do, though. Mom would say the most ridiculous, what's the most ridiculous question that parents ever ask? Do you want me to spank you? I learned in time. The answer to that was, yes, mother. I need to be corrected. <laughs> I, I hope you ground me as well and then tell me what I've done wrong here so I don't repeat this again. Now, the sad thing is I was like 30 when I figured that one out. <laughs> it is for our best. This is one of the unique things about us as humanity and what scripture tells us to do. 
We are not to be about punishment. We're to be about restoration. Let me throw you something just a little challenging. I don't write this. I just preach it. Is that how we feel about our prisons? Read Hebrews 12. Just read Hebrews 12 and tell me what it says, even about what the word punishment means. Is punishment about retribution? I've, my family's been about that business. You, you can't make retribution. Somebody harms somebody in your face. You can't make that right. I had an uncle and aunt killed by a drunk driver. I went with my dad and we took all the stuff out of the car. I'll never forget that scene. You can't make that right with jail time. That doesn't bring them, that doesn't make that right. You read Hebrews chapter 12, what it says about what we're to be about. We're to be about restoration of people. And I'm not saying that there shouldn't be jail time and all. I'm not saying that. But are we gonna see people restored? Do we believe God can restore people? Do we believe God can change people's lives? And can we leave? I believe he's pretty strong about saying that wrath and vindication and all those things are in his hand. And this has been my experience. When I try to do it, I'm not very good at it. And he's real good at it. If you trust him. And he doesn't just bring vindication, he brings restoration. There are some things that just can't be made right. Remember that movie, Forrest Gump? And there was Jenny. And Jenny had an abusive father in every way. And one day, Forrest and Jenny are there, and, and they, there's a, that house that Jenny grew up in, and she just takes these rocks, and she starts throwing these rocks at that house, trying to, trying to get back some of what got taken from her. And do you remember Forrest's line? Sometimes there's just not enough rocks. But God can bring restoration. Here's the last one, the good soil. As for that in the good soil, there are those who hearing the word hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. You gotta bear fruit with patience, it takes time. You can make a pizza in an hour, you can, you can make coffee. Are we, are we, do we have any French pressers out there? French pressers, yeah, that's, that's, that's how you really make coffee. Yeah, it takes five, six minutes to make French press. You, you can do your Keurig in about 30 seconds. It's not really coffee, okay? It's not really coffee, but it, it kind of tastes like it. In a pinch, it'll work. It takes a second to destroy a life. Violence or words. It takes years to make an apple, doesn't it? Years. Soil prepared. All, so much work to make an apple. Takes years to make a kid. Yeah, you can have a baby in nine months, but it takes years and years and prayers and prayers and prayers. Good soil. How, how do we get these results? Well, the first thing is it's really important that there's seeds. We're... Um, we're gonna do some applications today, a couple of them. 
One of them is about Ukraine. On um, Tuesday, my brother Vernon called me and he said, hey, Randy, um, I want to invite you to be a part of a conversation, a Zoom call tomorrow. And I was at my Bible study at Lee's place Wednesday morning and, and I, um, as, as, we, as I was there on this Zoom call, I met this pastor, Anton and his dad, Anatoly. They, they pastor a church in Kiev. I got a picture of the Zoom call there. He's, he's the one up in the upper left-hand, left-hand corner. And he was talking about their church and, and after, after the Soviet break up. They, they started this church and they've been meeting now for all those years and they've planted over a dozen churches and they, they have this church that they brought, they brought new worship, contemporary worship in and, and, and they've been growing and growing and growing and planted all these churches and have all these ministries. And, you know, there's been a war actually going on in the Ukraine for some time now. It didn't just start a couple weeks ago. And they've been taking food and blankets to soldiers for a long time. But in the last week, that just hugely intensified. His church is just right next to the Holocaust Memorial that got destroyed the other day, just right around the corner from it. I've seen that church, and I remember my brother talking to me about that church and about the people and about their worship. And, and last year, the, they lost the lease on the big church building and they, made, they had to make a decision and they kept the smaller buildings because they wanted their kids to have places to be and now they meet out in the street all year. In the, in the snow and the mud and the rain, they meet outside, the adults do all year. And they're still running about a thousand people. And we said, Pastor, how can we pray for you? And he said, Pray the sky would close. He said, we know what to do about tanks and all those things. He said, he goes, but, but we, we, can't, we can't shoot down the rockets. We can't shoot down the bombs. He said, he goes, I wish we could shoot down the rockets and the bombs and the jets. And he stops mid-sentence. And he puts his head down and he said, but there's people in those jets, aren't there? He said, I don't want those people to die. I just don't want them to kill our children. So one of the applications we're gonna to have today is um, we're gonna do a donation to their ministry. We have a direct way to give to them. Uh, it's, it's through uh, a network that my brother Vernon, you guys remember Vernon preached here. It's a network that they have. And if you want to do a check or cash, um, you can put it in envelopes. If you give online and you want to give um, specifically online, if you'll write on your three by five card today that you're giving to Ukraine and you'll just write the amount. Um, and if you'll put your name on there and you'll drop it in that bucket, what we're gonna do at the end of today, we're gonna take the checks and the cash and we're gonna take whatever people say they're gonna give towards that and we're gonna do a wire transfer and they'll have it tonight, tomorrow morning there. So we wanna do that, support that church. Because whatever happens there, they're going to keep being the church. The second thing that I want to do 
is just an application for you and it's a hope for you guys because I think there's just an amazing thing. If you were to look, you know, the other night they were shooting at those nuclear reactors and I was praying and I was talking with some of my military friends and I'm like, what, what's gonna happen here? I mean, are we looking at the start of another world war here? I mean, if they destroy these reactors and these six Chernobyls go across Europe, are, are, I don't think we're gonna just watch this happen. What's, is this getting ready to happen here? And, and I'm thinking about everything about life and how, you know, you get up, you get up and you just think it's kind of a normal day and you get in your car and you go to work and you kiss your kids and, and, and all of a sudden you're like, man, the world could be different tomorrow. And sometimes it seems like there's no hope. But let me tell you something. There's hope in the seed. This is a sunflower seed. And here's the amazing thing about sunflowers. If you were to go to the region of Ukraine that we know as Chernobyl, all around Chernobyl are sunflowers. I got a picture of it. Let me tell you why. Because sunflowers have the ability to take the nuclear contaminants out of the soil and pull them up into the stalks and the vines. And it doesn't get into the seed. And you can harvest that and you can take that and you can burn that and what is acres of contamination can go into a little bitty jar like that. Sounds a little bit like Jesus, doesn't it? So this morning, Beth has got some seeds. Beth's our gardener. She runs our garden. Beth, we love you and we're so thankful for you and what you do. Um, and Beth's gonna be over here at the neighborhood station and she's got some seeds. And if, if you've got something in your life that just is poisoned, then Beth's gonna give you a seed and just pray over you and take it home and plant it and let that just be a measure of hope. And the other thing you can do with those three by five cards is this is Lent. And if you've got a confession or, or a need or something that, that you need God to do to forgive or to heal or to bring hope into, you can write it on that three by five card and there's some thumbtacks and you can put it there on the cross and we'll keep those on there. No one's ever gonna read them. I'm not gonna read them. No one's gonna read them. This is between you and God. If you want somebody to pray for you, there'll be people over there to pray for you. And then when it comes to Lent next year, actually on Good Friday of this year, we burn those and we keep those ashes and that becomes the ashes for Ash Wednesday next year. It's what's broken that gets taken away. So whether that application is communion this morning as we remember what Jesus did or it's given towards Ukraine or it's getting a seed and remembering that there is a God who can absorb all that is broken. Here's the last application I just wanna give you guys today. If there's no growth in your life spiritually, there's one of two things going on. 
either the soil's bad, and we've talked about how to fix that today, or there's no seed. And that's God's word. And tomorrow morning, or this afternoon, or tonight, It's going to be laying there on your desk or on your coffee table or on your kitchen table. And it's the love and the will and the hope and the promise of God that says, open me and read me and watch what I will bring forth in your life. It's what he does. Let's pray. Jesus, we pray for Anton and Anatoly for New Life Church, Lord, as they meet amidst the bombs and the rockets and the chaos and the fear of a 40-mile column of tanks that are bearing down on their city. Lord, we pray, these are our brothers and sisters. We will be in heaven with them. And Lord, we pray for them today. And I don't know what to make of all of that mess. And I, I don't know exactly what to pray for. Lord, I pray, Lord, I pray that you would speak to Vladimir Putin. And that he would repent. What a powerful story that would be. But in the meantime, we pray for the men and women of Ukraine, the children of Ukraine who parents love just like we love these kids that are all down these hallways here. And as Pastor Anatoly prayed the other morning at the end of our prayer, he said, I want to pray for the 5,000 Russian families that are getting their sons back to bury them today. We take no joy in that. Lord, I don't know that that would be my attitude. I pray it would be. Let us be good soil. Let us bring the seed of your word into our life. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. And let's continue to pray for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. I'm Myrna Brown.